0: Cool, cool, cool. Come on in. We're fine. This is fine. Cuties. Bienvenue. Welcome back. And if this is your first time here, enchanté, je m'appelle Dominique, and I'm your host here at This is Fine. Today I've got my two newest friends from TikTok here, the real Emily's in Paris. And those of you who are already part of the This Is Fine community know that France is one of our favorite topics, so we're especially excited today—not excité, but excited—to have Amanda Rollins and Morgan Heiser on the show today, calling in from Paris. These American beauties have been living in Paris for about five years each, they're content creators on TikTok, and became friends through their mutual expat experience. You may have already seen them on the clock app, as we call it, via their accounts American Fee, F-I-L-L-E, and Bizu Morgan, B-I-S-O-U-S-M-O-R-G-A-N. Both of those accounts are hyperlinked in our episode description and show notes, so you can go check them out. And that's where I found them. Cruising through my FYP on TikTok, I saw a hilarious clip of the two of them talking about their experience dating Parisian men. So, obviously, I needed to get them on the show immediately to talk about it so all of you could listen in. They are living out the real-life version of a Darren Starr show, minus the eccentric costumes. Let's introduce Amanda first, American Fee. Amanda is from Greenfield, Massachusetts, and, like your girl here, became a Francophile at a very early age. She started learning French at 12, graduated university with a minor in French, and in 2017, she quit her job, sold everything she owned except her cat, and moved with said cat to Paris. So she's living all of our dreams. And as for Morgan, or Bizu Morgan if you're on the internet, she's from Ohio. Both she and Amanda actually began their French journeys as au pairs before landing jobs in tech and marketing. Morgan moved to Paris a year after Amanda in 2018 after experiencing, as she puts it, a quarter-life crisis. What was supposed to be a one-year stint as an au pair turned into a master's degree in France in international brand strategy, casual, and working in marketing for French companies. Literally, this is the making of a Netflix series. Two American girls from different states seek out Paris as a means of restarting their lives. They've got different goals. One speaks French, one doesn't. They're going from au pairing to marketing. They become friends across the globe. It sounds like I'm hard launching their personal brand, and maybe I am, but y'all know I love a good story. Today, we'll talk about their expat experience, cultural differences, what they love about Paris, and, of course, their dating stories. This may or may not just be my own personal investigation that you're getting to listen in on, but just make yourself comfortable. Pour yourself a café crème or un petit verre de vin. It doesn't matter what time it is. You're joining some American gals who love Paris for a chat about life in France. All right. Welcome, girlfriends. Bienvenue, les filles. Merci de me rejoindre aujourd'hui. I'm going to keep this in English today for the sake of our listeners with maybe a sprinkling of franglais here and there. But thank you both for being here and calling in from Paris. Yeah, happy to be here.
1: Happy to be here.
0: I start off every episode by asking the most important question, are you fine today? I mean, fine is what it is. Fine. Yeah. (laughs) I'm fine. fine. It's subjective. Right? We're fine. Yeah. Everything, everything's fine. (laughs) It's It's fine. It's fine. Pretty much the energy of the show. But are are we feeling good today? We're feeling ready to rock and roll with a little uh, girlfriend's happy hour? Yeah. Yes. Ready to jump in. I've already given a bit of background in the intro, but I would love for each of you to introduce yourselves now so the listeners can get to know your voices a little bit better.
1: I can go first. All right. So I guess the usual spiel I say is, uh, my name's Morgan. I'm from Ohio in the US. I've been living in Paris for almost five years now. And it was a quarter life crisis that I like to say that brought me here. It was only supposed to be for one year, but obviously five years later, I never left.
2: Hey, I'm Amanda. Um, I am also an American, I'm originally from a small town in Western Massachusetts, but we say Boston to make it easier. Um, and I moved to Paris five and a half years ago. Um I always you know was obsessed with French culture. I started learning French when I was 12, president of the French club, the mm-hmm. whole thing. Um minored in French and then you know I just always felt like I needed to move here. And so finally one day I decided if I don't do it now, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life, so it's time to go. Um so I became a no pair, quit my job, sold everything that I owned and um became a nanny at the age of 27 in Paris. Um, And I worked as um,
0: global sales enablement for tech companies, and now I'm going full-time with this content thing. So that's me. I'm so excited for both of your adventures in content creation and hopefully soon a podcast. Yes. It,
2: yeah, yeah. Now I have the mic. Getting, so
0: <laughs> now you've got, yeah, we the, got equipment. the equipment. <laughs> I'm like
1: halfway there. <laughs> honestly, that's, I mean that's the way to start anything, right? Like you buy the stuff first. Like, oh, I want to start golfing. Let me buy five cute outfits. <laughs> then no, I'm
0: motivated to start. <laughs> but literally, like I started adult ballet this year mostly because I wanted this like pink sweater thing, <laughs> and now I'm taking adult ballet classes. So like, honestly, true. <laughs> So I'm, Amazing. S- I'm so excited to launch this part of your new career journey. I loved hearing the two of you talk about your experiences on TikTok. So I'm so thrilled you are extending that to the This Is Fine community. I would love to start this off by jumping right into it with your top three favorite parts of living in Paris and maybe the top three things you miss from home. Right, yeah. yeah, maybe we can ping pong this one.
1: So <laughs> the, biggest, the biggest thing for me, you know, Like Amanda said, we're both from small towns and something about Paris, which I'm sure you can get in any big city is how international it is. And, you know, obviously, we found an American community here, but we have friends from all over the world. And that really gives the opportunity to be able to meet people from different cultures and get an understanding of these cultures and through that, get to know yourself a little bit more, too.
2: I would say Paris is literally the most beautiful city in the world. Amen. Um, I mean, I haven't been to all of them, but I'm willing to, to put my life on the line <laughs> and say that it is. Um, so even when you're doing like a mundane task, just like going to the grocery store, or, like picking up something, it feels like you're walking through a museum 24-7. Um, and because of the Hostman architecture, it's very uniform. Like, you know, you're in Paris. Mm-hmm. You can even be on like a random side street that's like kind of gross, but you look up and you're like, ah this is Paris. And I feel like that's very rare. Like not every city has that. Um, So it's like you're literally surrounded by beauty constantly, which and history as well. So I
0: just, I love that feeling. That is so true. And obviously I don't live there with you guys. I've been like six times to Paris. It's my favorite place to go. Um, And you guys know this now, like huge Francophile, love Paris. My favorite thing when I go is literally just walking, just being there and enjoying and absorbing the ambiance and the energy and the beauty. Like you said, like you look anywhere and it's unmistakable exactly where you are. It's just awe-inspiring, mm-hmm. awe-inspiring truly. Uh, yeah, I think kind of just going off of what both of you were
1: saying too, it's hard to really describe, but just the lifestyle, the culture in general, you know, the way that life is here is so much different than in the U.S. You know, you're, it's a lot more, the people are active, you're wanting to actually go out and do things and just walking around, admiring the city, getting the drink after work drinks. It's different than you know the typical happy hour in the U.S. And just all these little different small pieces about the culture and the lifestyle in general here that come together. It's just an amazing feeling.
2: Yeah. Okay. So so going off of what Morgan was saying, like the the vibe in the city, um, the way that I would describe it is you don't need plans in Paris. Like Ooh. when I leave my house, um, like on a Saturday, for example, most Saturdays I leave my house stressed, heading out. I don't really know where I'm going. I have like a general idea, but I am 100% going to find something to do and I'm going to find people that I know. Um, I think of Paris as like a college campus. I Uh swear to God, because even though it's huge, the area where the people live, like where like people our age live is quite small. And so you can walk the whole thing from one end to the other in like, like two hours, depending on what you're doing. So because it's such a walkable city, especially when the weather's nice, you just leave your house and you could end up literally anywhere People will be messaging you, and you'll, you'll link up with someone over at this park, or you'll walk over to this museum. And I feel like 95% of the time when I leave my house, I don't have plans, but I end up doing things or meeting up with people. Like, it's very organic because you just walk and stumble upon something. Whereas I feel like in the U.S., you have to be like, okay, we're meeting at this bar at this mm-hmm. time, and it's like the only you have bar to drive on the street. Through, yeah.
0: You're literally describing a dream to me. Like everything you just said, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going. <laughs> no, I love that it just naturally evolves and you're living in the moment. That feels like a very present way of living. Yeah, for yeah, sure. It's amazing. I would love to hear your top three things that you miss from the States. The
1: biggest thing for me is... I say general pleasantness.
0: (laughs) You know, anytime
1: you have to interact with someone at a store or make a phone call for, you know, the super annoying things, like the people in the U.S. just have this overall general pleasantness to them. And sometimes in the French culture, they say that Americans are being fake or we seem very fake but I really disagree with that because I think there's a difference between being fake and being kind. Yeah, you know, totally. It's, it's kind of a stereotype that the French can be rude, which isn't always the case. You know, there's plenty of lovely, happy French people, but there are times where you have some sort of interaction with someone here that it will put me in a bad mood just because yeah. they're being kind of rude for no reason. And it's like, why are you doing that? Like cold or standoffish. Why do you have to make things so... D- yeah, and then the U.S. just... You know, small talk, sometimes when I go back to the U.S., just the general small talk will put me in such a good mood since oh. I'm not used to having it.
0: Yeah, I feel like especially from the Midwest, which is like the sweetest people ever. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's got to be a big difference.
2: Yeah, and I would say going, I mean, it's it's almost the same answer, right? I My first thing that I wrote was customer service. Yeah. Um, mm. I mean, it's you can't. I can't be wrong all the time, every time. Like, what Mm-mm. is that? Do you know what that does to a person? Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> the customer is always wrong in France. <laughs> no, I'm always. serious. And like, they will never. If if they're wrong, they won't admit it, and they make they purposely make things difficult. Like, I if I had to give you an analogy for what it's like dealing with a French person who they either have what you want or they have the service that you need or they have the answers. Like if you're the one needing something from them, it would be as if there's like a piece of paper next to them. And they're like, um, you're like, Oh, can you hand that to me? And they're like, sorry, I don't see it. Like, no, I, can. I can't, I can't reach. And you're like, it's right there. Like <laughs> oh, you can hand God. it to me. And they're like, Oh, sorry. C'est what paper. C'est pas possible. And I'm like, C'est you, I know <laughs> that's like, the French motto. And like, they will let you like, for example, if you miss like you can mispronounce a word but they clearly know what you're saying and they'll be like oh I don't know what that is and then they'll go oh you mean this
0: but like it was so obvious do you know what I mean right they're being difficult on purpose
2: yeah and they enjoy it like it literally brings them pleasure and I'm like why (laughs) would something why would badness
0: make you happy like that's Like, like they will
1: literally treat you like you're inconveniencing them to have to do their job
0: as right. someone who personally is getting over the f- the symptom of feeling like I'm just an inconvenience, like I'm a living inconvenience, right. that would be very difficult for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe you're switching your mind about coming. You're like, oh wait, this all sounds great. This not so much. Wait,
0: triggering. <laughs> like it's so bad that
2: one time I had this guy from I was like trying to renew my visa or no, it was my taxes. This is how bad it is in France. This guy one time was so like civil with me, like I wouldn't even say he was overly kind, but mm-hmm. he was just like normal that I sent him a card in the mail and thanked him. <laughs> I swear to God. And he like emailed me and he's like, thanks, I got your card. And I was like, oh yeah. Because you-
0: <laughs> I mean, Americans are like extra, but I also get what you're saying about kind of just for us, the bare minimum is just basic kindness. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Obviously not all Americans are sweet, right? Not all Americans are nice. But I did on one flight to France, it was Thanksgiving weekend and I knew that it was a really busy travel weekend. So I brought like chocolates for the flight crew. I just, I do that every once in a while on a long haul. And on the American leg of the flight, everyone was so stoked and they were like, can we get you drinks? Like whatever. And I was like, no, 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 this is just for you guys. And then the French flight attendant for Air France was like, what is this for? <laughs> And I was like, oh, a cadeau for the yeah. And she was like, I don't get it. Like,
1: <laughs> like so, like, but what, what do you want? So like, does, they think you yeah. have an like, ulterior motive. Yeah. Right. Like, it's like, no, I'm just being nice. You yeah. should try it sometimes. This is just like how I am.
0: <laughs> she eventually actually, one of the um, uh, flight attendants came by toward the end of the flight and was actually really, really sweet, but it took them so off guard. Like, even um, when I was in um, Saint Tropez last summer, I, I kept saying, um, Bonjour, comment ça va? And that's not a thing. Like, you don't ask how are you when you go into a store. Mm, yeah, <laughs> right. no. They were like, that's not an American thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a thing. I've actually had French people specifically say that. Like, why do you always say how are you? Do you really care? It's like, why do you care so much about if I care or not. Just say like, I'm yeah. fine. How are you? Exactly. And they, there's a thing in France, they have like um, the politesse, which is politeness. And mm-hmm. they have like, they literally have rules for this. You know, part of it is that you always say bonjour before you start a sentence with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's such sticklers for that, but it's just more about like having the rules for it versus actually right. being polite.
0: Yeah, totally. It's like the, the custom versus coming from... I feel like when I say, hi, how are you? I like to just gauge where people are at before I start a conversation with them just mm-hmm. to see, like, what the vibe is. I don't know. Just something I noticed and uh, got called out for for being extra American. But I, I love how you brought up the uh, the difference between just our general customs, and I feel like that extends into so many parts of everyday life. But clearly, it's not mm-hmm. enough to deter you from loving Paris. Oh, of course not. <laughs> okay, good to know that the pros still outweigh the cons. <laughs> and I know you guys, you guys talk about this a lot on your channels, There's a difference between overall French culture and Parisian culture. Would you say this is more true for Parisian culture?
2: Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's really hard though, because we've only lived here. I've only lived here. I've traveled to the other regions, but I don't feel like I spent enough time there to really be able to comment on it for sure. Um, like, and the thing is, I feel like that's regurgitated from what other French people tell me. Like, they just always say it. No, it's just Parisians like that. That's not how we are. But the thing is, a lot of the French friends that I have are not from Paris. Right. Um, obviously, they're my friends, so they're wonderful. But <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I that's what that's what the people say. But I haven't spent that much time outside of Paris. Um, To really, and because in these situations, when these things happen, we're talking like when I'm going to the prefecture to try to renew my visa. Mm -hmm. I don't know if the prefecture people are jerks in Bordeaux also, because they might be because it's administration. Like the the guy at the boulangerie in Bordeaux was nice, but also our boulangerie guys are pretty nice. Like it's more like those really like administrative situations or whatever, Right
0: like the DMV. So I don't actually know. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Okay, that makes sense. I feel like any kind of government organization here too is like, everyone's just glaring at you.
1: Yeah, and same with the big city difference. You know, um, I remember my French teacher when I first moved here, I was in a beginner's class. So a lot of people had just arrived in France and yet she was still mind blown that we hadn't traveled outside of Paris yet, despite being here for like two months. (laughs) Two seconds. Um, (laughs) But she was so overwhelmed. And she's like, she was speaking in French. She's like, but France is not Paris. Paris is not France. Oh, but like you have to travel somewhere. Oh my gosh. So she was really, really reiterating that. So it's kind of the same in the US, which I know is on a much bigger scale. New York doesn't represent you right. know, 90% of the US and the people there.
0: So true. And I do feel like, I mean, shout out to all my New Yorker friends. I have a lot of them, but I feel like New York is so much more aggressive than like San Diego, where I live, where it's like a completely different country hmm Yeah, okay. of course. Okay. So, obviously, this was a bit of a cultural shock. Um, and I also love, Morgan, that you brought up that you didn't start learning French. So, Amanda, you've been speaking French since you were 12. Morgan, you moved to a new country without speaking French. How is your French now?
1: So, honestly, it's not as good as it should be after almost five years. But... I am finally at the point that I can confidently say that I speak French. You know, amazing. I can have a conversation. I can handle my appointments. I've done a few job interviews recently that were only in French. Um, you know, I can handle those things. No problem. I don't speak perfect. I make mistakes. I'm missing a lot of vocabulary. But I can, you know, I can understand and I can be understood typically.
0: That's amazing. Did you have to take the Delph?
1: No, I haven't yet. So when I came here, I had to start French classes uh, with my visa. It was a requirement. And I remember I was in the very beginner class because, again, never studied French for one minute before moving (laughs) here. And the first day of class, I go in and I sit down and the teacher starts speaking to us only in French. And at first I thought it was a joke. So I'm kind of laughing. <laughs> oh, and then and then it goes on and she's still speaking French. So then I'm panicking. Like, am I in the wrong class? Because this is supposed to be the <laughs> beginner class. And then we get we get worksheets with the alphabet. So I'm like, okay, wait,
0: <laughs> I am in the right class. I'm getting mixed messages.
2: But- <laughs> That's so like, that must have like, here's the alphabet, you idiot. You know, like, oh my God. <laughs>
0: because I so
1: studied French. Spanish in high school so I'm used to the way we learn in the US at least at my school I went to a very small like farm town school but the teacher taught us in English and here it's very immersive which is amazing you know I I was able to learn pretty quickly through that the first week was rough I remember you know it's so hard to sit there for 2 hours when you have no idea what this person's saying
0: yeah you glaze um, over
1: but then it's it was so crazy because I remember feeling like that at the beginning but then within 2 weeks even if I wasn't really understanding the words she was saying. I was following along with the concepts. And, oh. you know, it's it was really a great way to learn. And something too that I think from learning here from only native speakers has been really unique. Um, I know some people who have studied in the U.S. and they maybe have a stronger accent, which, I mean, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, I still have a very strong accent. I'm working on it. But I can kind of notice some of those differences sometimes. And it makes me really curious, you know, how learning the languages when you've done it in the US versus done it doing it from the native speakers.
0: Yeah, like immersion
1: method.
2: Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I can like speaking on that, because I started learning French in the US, the teachers that were teaching me were American right so Mm -hmm. even though to me I was like wow this is such good French looking back like it it wasn't like their (laughs) accents their accents weren't like you know like marvelous or anything and so when I arrived here in France my accent was garbage because I had no (laughs) that was like it was like the blind leading the blind like I'm speaking (laughs) like me and my other American classmates are like look at us speaking French it's really good like we had no idea what we were doing so I got here and I told everyone I was like yeah I'm fluent in French like I'm Mrs. French club president and I got here and they couldn't understand me they literally Whoa. couldn't and I was like like the identity crisis I was like no but I'm fluent in French I don't <laughs> so I had to like relearn a lot of things well really what I had to relearn was um the accent and like my pronunciation um but because I had like the baseline of like grammar and structuring sentences whatever like that part made it very easy but right. I had to like learn how to crawl all over again basically yeah, the accent. Yeah, is honestly, a whole Amanda, thing. I
1: think I feel like I've noticed that your accent's gotten better since I've met you.
2: Oh my God. Thank over you. Over the
1: past few years. You're That's welcome. such a compliment see, to This a is a difference, too. <laughs> see, <laughs> this, this is the, the blind meeting too. the blind. It's
2: another <laughs> American.
1: <laughs> like she said, since she kind of knew those rules, I imagine you probably didn't have a lot of the same kind of hiccups like I did. Like a story that I like to tell was I learned what the French say for bless you when somebody sneezes <laughs> after about a month.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and.
1: Uh, <laughs> Dominique, this also circles back to when you were mentioning um, you know, when you ask someone how are you? You you don't really ask strangers that. So I would, so the the way you say bless you when someone sneezes, it's até sweat, which oh, right. translates to like like at your wishes. Health. Um or, no, mm-hmm, yeah. I'm and, thinking Sante for wishes. cheers. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. So ate suet. And so a woman sneezed on the metro and I so confidently looked at her and smiled and said, <laughs> Asi toi, which means <laughs> sit down. Sit down. <laughs> And like the woman just stared at me so confused because even if a stranger sneezes next to you even if your friend sneezes next to you and you go out public you might not say bless you yeah you just you let them be and so this woman was probably just so sit confused. down and that's you know that's just one of many hiccups that I've had to make over the years learning French I, I love that for you
0: imagine like just being on the subway in New York and you sneeze and someone's like sit down oh my god oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I uh I don't think I've ever said ate sway to anyone. That's I didn't even think about it, but it's so rude to not say bless you here. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So Especially like the confidence, I was so excited to use that, (laughs) and then I just get like rudely stared at, and I'm like, "Okay, bitch!"
0: Like I'm just using my perfect French. (laughs) Yeah, God. Uh, Okay, so this language barrier uh, thing—how does that tie into dating in Paris? Vous parlez français avec les mecs, or do they immediately switch to English? Um,
2: so, I mean, a lot of, a lot of guys speak English and they want to speak English, Ah. which is whatever. It's a bit annoying. I've had a few arguments with guys because I'm like, I would like to speak French. And they say, no, but I want to practice my English. And I say to them, <laughs> so move to the United States because I, I fucking moved here. I picked up my life and took my cat to Paris. So, <laughs> so I, speak g- French. <laughs> yeah, like, so like respectfully, I win. I'm, we're speaking French, you know? Um, but Respectfully, toi. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, and, the, uh, it's, and they're so annoying because they're like, oh, well, you know, you'll speak to me in this language and I'll respond in this one. And I'm like, but that doesn't help me. Right. Um, whatever. But so I've, I've actually dated two guys who did not speak English and that was really oh, wow. fun. Like it wow. didn't work out, but that w- that's so much fun because I'm a little trickster and <laughs> the moment I have like a good story to tell or something, like once I like need to talk fast and I'm like, all right, we're done with this. I need to switch to English. Yeah. If I can, I will every time. And so with those guys, I couldn't. And even though, like, it was a struggle, like, I had to, like, you know, I had to tell my story slower. um, Mm -hmm. That was was awesome, because that never happens. That, like, never happens. Like, I always have the option to switch, and I kind of wish I didn't, to be
0: honest. That's honestly so cool. What a crash course. I know, right? And also getting to know someone in a different language. Like, was that a completely different experience, like, romantically?
2: I mean, I just—I mean, Morgan, tell me if you agree, but I feel like there's always this feeling that, like, I'm definitely missing something— like if he ah. talks on, if he goes on for three minutes, I'm like, I got the gist. But there have been times where I've like missed important details. So I'm also like, are mm-hmm. we? Is like, <laughs> he like? He could be confessing like his childhood traumas, and I'm like, oh, so you have a sister, you know? Like, <laughs> it's,
0: kind of, it's a little scary, you know, because I'm nodding. So he's like, oh, she understands, you know? Right. And you're just like, I'm really trying to keep up with what you're saying, <laughs> Morgan. Do you have any similar experiences with the language barrier?
1: Um, so usually my dating I've done in English and maybe, you know, we'll use some French here and there. It took me probably three years until I got to the point that I could actually kind of converse in French versus a few short sentences. But, um, I know when I first moved here, I started dating a guy pretty much immediately. And, you know, there was French wasn't the option. That was not an option at all. I spoke nothing. So we spoke <laughs> English and there was, I remember a lot of times we would each probably try to be funny, but the joke just wouldn't register with the other person. Oh, <laughs> that's the worst. Whether it was, yeah. yeah, whether it was like me not understanding his English or like, or like him not understanding whatever I was trying to say. And, you know, then you'd have to repeat it. But then when you have to repeat, the joke's not funny anymore. Right. So then you're just like, no, just forget it. But they're like, no, I want to understand. And you're like, no, I was just trying to be funny, but now it's it's not funny funny anymore. (laughs) You're playing this tug of war, and then you finally say it, and then they're like, oh,
0: (laughs) exactly. (laughs) See, you're right; it's um, not funny anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and like with him specifically too. Is he looking back? His English was not good when we first started, Um, but since that was the only option, (laughs) it's fine. Uh, But something too, kind of using French sometimes now, it's still a little hard to have your personality. When speaking right. your second language, that's not fully mastered. Like, when yeah. I speak French and I can make a French person laugh, there's no better feeling. <laughs> it's <laughs> such a confidence booster. You're like, all right, yes, I did this.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, because it's so true. There are far fewer words I have found for expressing emotions in French versus yeah. English. Yeah, right? like,
2: absolutely. There's no way to say... Um, wait, what's the word? Oh, sweet. There's no way to say, oh, that's sweet. Like, you know, when a guy slides mm-hmm. into your DM and he's like, you're so beautiful, Amanda. And I reply and I'm like, oh, that, like, that's very sweet of you. There's no way to say that in French. Right. And when you, are, when you ask a French person, yeah, they, say, just say, like, you're they say, ah, no, there is, mignon. And
0: I'm like, that means cute. cute. And they say, yeah. Ah, adorable. Yeah.
2: yeah, that means adorable. No. <laughs> keep trying, keep trying.
0: There right. is no there, way to there's say a difference it. Yeah, there's so much more nuance in the emotional vocabulary in English, I think.
2: Yeah. A thousand percent. Mm-hmm. And I just thought of something you had asked about issues with the the language thing. I just remembered we I've had fights with boyfriends over um, expressions in English that they don't understand oh. and they misunderstand and they get mad at me. Oh. Um, or like if one thing means certain, a certain thing in French, it means something different in English. Even if we're saying it in our own languages, the context, they think it's the French one or vice versa. So here's an example. When you're French, if you say that you're drunk, like, je suis bourré, j'ai bourré, mm-hmm. that means you're, like, wasted, like, out of control, yeah. wasted. But you know the way that we, in English, when we say I'm drunk, drunk just means, like, I'm one step above tipsy. Yeah, like you're I'm a little drunk, buzzy. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. drunk. I'm drunk all the time. Drunk doesn't mean I'm belligerent, <laughs> but in right. French it does. And I didn't know oh. this. And I got into a huge fight with my ex-boyfriend because we were drinking all day. I mean, Dominique, we were drunk. We were, I mean, we might as well have been belligerent. <laughs> right. And I was like, I was like, we shouldn't talk about this when we're drunk. And he was like, I'm not drunk. And I was like, I was looking at him and I was like, dude, we've had like four bottles of wine. Like, yes, you are drunk. And he's like, no. And he kept saying, I'm in control. I'm not drunk. And I was like, bitch, no one said you're not in control, but you are (laughs) obviously drunk. And this was the fight. And it took me like a year, a year later that it occurred to me that because when I said drunk, he thought I was insinuating, like he's like off the rails, but that's obviously not what I meant. So I feel like those
0: little things happen pretty often where their, Mm -hmm. their meanings are different yeah, it's such a subtlety. I wouldn't have known that. I thought Boucher was just drunk, like normal. normal. I've no, had like Bo- a few glasses. Bore <laughs> is like, you're on your way to jail. like, like. <laughs> <laughs> Bouche jail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow. That's crazy.
2: Yeah, and there's there's more little things like that as well. Um, where like yeah. you can they like they and the thing is because they either have a similar phrase in French or like they think they understand it. They're not like neither of you is thinking could this be a miscommunication thing because you're like no we have that word in our language too. But it like it, you have to remind yourself like do the words mean the same thing in our languages though because right. sometimes they
0: don't. There's so much subtlety that you have to watch out for. That's so wild and not something that you think about until you experience right. it. Exactly. And
1: same with things that are like similar just expressions and idioms and things like that that you have to learn. Like, for example, um, one of the things that you would say in French is like like to say like you're down for something. So like mm-hmm. I'm down, you say like just show, like I'm which oh, is I am I'm hot. hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, um, or you know, one, if you say it, je suis excité. that does not mm-hmm. mean you're excited for something <laughs> casually. <laughs>
0: I like yelled that in a Chanel store once because I was so excited to be there. And I was like, oh, je suis trop excité!" And they were like, okay, oh, honey. And like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Fortunately, I was like in my early 20s and like I could overcome the embarrassment a little more easily. I think I would like throw myself into traffic if I did that today. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Yeah, so it's all the little things like that, too. It's hard to kind of navigate sometimes.
0: Yeah, totally. And it's like a cultural difference within language. Wild. So, keeping on this dating thing, because you guys have so many fun stories, in your experience, how have French men perceived American women? Like, what impression do you get as an American dating in France?
2: Oh, they love us. They absolutely love us. Oh. <laughs> okay, so, like, this is—I I don't want to, like, make generalizations, but French women are very—you um, You. chase me you know they're very they're like they're too cool for school like like french women have this thing where um they don't really like i feel like they don't pick on themselves and i feel like americans are very self deprecating and we're and very totally. honest mm-hmm. and like we're not shy and i feel like french women have like an they have like a very put together kind of image that they want to maintain, mm-hmm. um, and like this isn't everyone, right? But like I feel like you you would it wouldn't be very common for a French woman to like admit that she's had Botox, for example, right? Whereas right. I will like make a video showing you while I get my Botox. Do your name? Know and I mean? you have, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, and I feel like French men, like I've literally had French men tell me like like a girl in a bar would never walk up to them. Like she might like look and then like turn away and like like they love the game, they love the chase, and I feel mm-hmm. like they're kind of. Like, uh, they get, like, I feel like they can be a bit sassy. Do you know what I mean? Where yeah. But I feel like we're, we are so fun-loving and easy going. So I've it, like, I've had French guys tell me, like, that they love dating Americans because we're just, we're chill. Like, we're easygoing. Yeah. Um, we're, like, we're here for fun. We'll, we'll roll up our sleeves. We'll get dirty. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel yeah. like that's not, that's not what they're used to. So I think the French man, American girl trope is, is a
0: very good one. Love that for all of us, and yeah, I'll see you yeah. soon. The <laughs> <laughs> getting on a flight. Um, Morgan, <laughs> do you have a similar experience? Um, yeah, it's definitely. I agree with
1: everything that Amanda's saying, and then at the same time, it's not like. I think a lot of times it's perceived, you know, like. They have this idea almost reverse of like, oh la la, the American girls. It's not so much that and that they're like necessarily specifically looking for one, but once they can start talking to us, we're definitely a good time. Easy yeah. going, everything's going off like what Amanda was saying. Um, but yeah, they still, I don't know, obviously still haven't found a keeper. So
2: yeah, I mean, we're, we're, let's <laughs> <West continues. laughs> We're literally, we're literally so single. Like, I have no idea if they like us. They clearly don't, because <laughs> You're dating. You're out
0: is it me? Am I the problem? <laughs> no, it, uh, definitely. That's not it for sure. No, but you hear so much. I, I feel like I hear so much similarity from other, you know, creators and YouTubers um, that, yeah, it's like American girls. They do like to have fun. They're open. They're laid back. They're here for a good time, not for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, But um, yeah, I think that what you guys are doing is so fun. You're exploring and you're putting yourselves out there in a completely different culture. Like, hello, bravery. That's not something that most of us do. Yeah. I mean,
2: it's, it's, definitely, it's definitely cool, it fe- although it feels more like home now, to be honest. Um,
0: That's so rad.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, yeah. at this point, I've spent most of my, the majority of my adult life living here. Wow. I was only out of university for one year and then I moved here,
0: so... Does that feel so crazy to say, like, I've spent most of my adult life in Paris?
1: Yeah, it really is. You know, as I'm getting older, sometimes I'll think about it and be like, oh, okay, so this is now one-sixth of my life spent here, but wow. one-fourth or something that I actually remember. And, um, you know, I think, I don't know if I mentioned before, but I was only supposed to be here for one year. That yeah. was the initial plan. And obviously, I didn't expect to see myself here now, but
0: it's it's really great. Is it hard being away from your friends and family from the States?
1: Um, For me, yeah. Sometimes. It has its moments for sure. Uh, I was close with a lot of my mom's side of my family and my friends. It's a little different now because as we've gotten older, everyone's a little dispersed through the U.S. anyways. So it's not like I necessarily would be seeing them all the time as is. But it's more... I'm not homesick in the sense that I would want to be there, but it's more when I see certain events or gatherings that are not as easy for me to go to, obviously. You know, sometimes if my college roommates take a trip together, they, they're they actually going on one in like a week or two. And it's just not really feasible for me logistically, right. financially. Um, same with family gatherings, big holidays and uh, family vacations, things like that. It's, you know, you kind of have to pick and choose what you go for. And so those are the things that are really hard sometimes when you're away for me.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I would say for me, um, again, I like I don't want to be back there and I'm not super close with my family. Um, and I feel like my life is really here now. like my my closest friends are here, like this is this is where I'm at. Um, yeah. yeah, but the thing that I think is the hardest is, Well, first of all, I had two friends who lived in Paris and I met them here. I actually took their apartment, so I'm in their apartment right now. um, And they left and they moved back to the U.S. But, like, she was the the first person I met in Paris ever. So, like, she's, like, part of my Paris life, but now they're back in the U.S. So, that feels weird, like, to have them be gone. Um, And then on top of that, a lot of my friends have kids, babies. And the thing with babies is, like, you have Minutes, you have a small window to see them as a baby. So, yeah. I mean, literally, because then they 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 move on to the next stage. So, like, there's a couple of my friends' kids that I never got the chance and never will get the chance to see them as a baby. And now they're like, you know, they're they're the the running around spilling stuff age. And I'm like, no, I wanted to see you at the baby age, and I can't do that now. Right. Um. So that's yeah. And like one of my other best friends, I've never seen her pregnant. I know she was pregnant, but I never got to touch her be- her pregnant belly. And I'm like that that like there's no taking that back you know right
1: no yeah just going off what amanda was saying like i my brother and his wife had a baby one month before i came here and i was home last summer and we all went out to dinner together and you know so he's almost five now or he was four during the summer and he has no idea who i am (laughs) and yeah my my brother was saying, he's asking me, he's like, how long have you been there now? And I just pointed at his kid. I'm like, that long? Because he was born one month before I came here. And yeah, so it's kind of hard because obviously, you know, some of my other family members that were kids and have grown, I keep a relationship with them. But my nephew was a baby and now he's about to start school and I have no relationship with him.
0: Wow. When you have those moments where you are, you know, feeling maybe a little melancholy, a little bit you know, longing for home, homesick, that's the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Do you lean more into the things that you love in Paris? Like, do you go just like grab a pan of chocolat and like walk on the sun? <laughs> or do you do something that reminds you of home? Like, what's your way of coping with that homesickness?
1: I'll go with something that reminds me of home. Um, you know, luckily, we live in the day that there's so much technology available to us. So I'll FaceTime someone or there's, I'm from Cincinnati and we have a restaurant called Skyline. And it's basically a chili parlor and they sell the chili and cans that I always stock up on and hoard. Oh my God. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Oh yeah. I have like four left. So I'm due for a restock. Um, (laughs) Rationing the chili. I love it. (laughs) No, I, that's literally what I do. So I save it for special occasions to share with people that I love here. Like Amanda had a Christmas party and that was one of the special occasions, you know, it was all of our good friends there. And it's something that's so valued to me. This is liquid gold to me. Um, you know, I have to mule it over here all the time. Uh, So it's something I want to share with someone or if I'm really kind of having one of those moments, enjoy it to myself.
0: That's one of the sweetest things I've ever heard in my life. Thank you for sharing that with us. (laughs) No, truly, like I'm laughing because I'm just so happy that you have something so special. I feel like I don't often feel homesick. And if I
2: do, it'll be because I'm missing a specific person. So I'll just message them. And I'll, I'll berate them to come visit me. Or, I will, <laughs> or I'll pull up Google Flights and be like, you know, because that's what I do pretty often. If there's a round-trip flight to Boston for like under $400, i will be like, Ooh, oh, yeah. I'm, an, I'm unemployed right now. I could go. Um, yeah. And then, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. But like if, if the timing worked out, like I could do that. So um, I just message them and I say, you know, when
0: are you going to come here or how can I get there type of thing. Wow, um, yeah. yeah. I've heard that flights are cheaper from the EU to the US versus the other way around. Um
2: I don't know, I feel like they're about the same. Yeah, I feel like they're about the same. Um I mean, whenever I've gone from you like from Paris to Boston, I I think the lowest I paid was like 330 and then the like the highest was like 600 once or something, but it's wow, usually within the range. Really yeah. yeah.
1: I think that's it can great. really vary. I remember um I think it was summer 2019, all my college roommates ended up coming to visit me. And Cincinnati randomly had round trip flights for uh, like $300. Wow. My friend lived in Erie, Pennsylvania, and she ended up driving four or five hours to Cincinnati because the flight was so cheap. Yeah. Uh, I mean, worth I've only it. seen that happen once, but you can usually find, yeah, pretty decent prices. I think it just fluctuates on the timing yeah. and.
0: Yeah. When I find them for five hundred from California, I'm like, I will sell everything I own. <laughs> like, I don't even care, like if I have to quit my job for this. Like I'm buying this flight. Oh my <laughs> god! I just,
2: I just checked, like because I, I'm curious. Um, in March, there's round trip from Paris to Boston for two seventy seven. <gasps> you got to go. Oh, wow, that's for free. That's they're, basically free. They're giving it away. <laughs> it's just giving it away for free. That's, that's crazy. Literally free. <laughs> Good lord, no! But I'm in Thailand at that time, so. Oh fun. Also, I'm like this is something that like I need my people from home to understand. Like you don't leave Paris in the spring. Like you you absolutely yeah. do not. No, it's like, the best time. You it's like so beautiful. You, I cannot leave. Like I'm contractually obligated to be in this in the city <laughs> from like April, from April until like the end of July. Like I can't move.
0: Yeah, it's illegal.
1: It is. The it should spring be. Spring <laughs> really is the best. Just going off of that. Um, I know Americans love fall. It's it's a real I don't know why American thing especially Amanda I know yeah. when you're from the northeast that's like the fall capital of the world yeah, um, totally But people always ask when my favorite like when's the best time to come to Paris? When's my favorite time? And I always say spring. Spring. It's one I love the cherry blossoms. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, there's this energy in Paris in the spring that doesn't exist any other time of the year because it's not too hot. In summer, we have heat waves and sometimes it gets ridiculously hot. And a lot of places in Paris don't have air conditioning. So you're just a sweaty, sticky, uncomfortable mess constantly. And then winter, you know, it's cold, whatever. But Spring is so great because beyond, you know, the decent weather, everyone's been hibernating basically all through winter <laughs> and once you start having nice days, every single person that lives here is outside. They're on the terraces, they're sitting in the park, they're sitting along the Seine. Yeah. Everyone. They're like a the burst energy here. Yeah.
2: And the thing is like there's so that that's my favorite part about Paris is picnic culture. There are no open container Mm -hmm. laws. There's no open container laws in Paris. So like literally every single day of the week, like Morgan can back this up, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, in the group chat, Okay, meet you at the Louvre after work, meet you there. And every wow. single day, me and all my friends and also every other young person in the entire city goes to the Louvre. You lay your picnic blanket down. As you're walking, you pass 10 people you know because everyone's there. There's dogs, people have wine, and you're just—you're either at the Louvre or on the Seine or at some, like, area of grass, and you're just there until it gets dark, and then you go home every day. That's like, like it, yeah. it, it, It's like it's— um. It doesn't matter. It could, it could literally could be a Monday, but like we're just all mentally like, yes, we're outside. That's what we're doing. It sounds what, like, like we'll, just we'll text connected... each other and
1: be like, who wants to go sit in some grass? <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> we, just, yeah. we just meet it, outside and just sit in the grass.
0: <laughs> Everything you guys just said sounds like I connected my REM cycle to Chat GPT and it just like printed out like a description of what my dreams look like. <laughs> like uh, when I was there in August it was one of my best friends like first time exploring there and I was like oh we got to do as many picnics as possible and we spent the whole day walking from the 8th to Jardin de Luxembourg and on the way we stopped at like a fromagerie we stopped at a wine shop we stopped at a boulangerie and we picked up little things and then just hung out at Jardin de Luxembourg with like a book and our treats and just had like bread wine cheese And it was the most blissful day of possibly my entire existence. It's amazing. And you guys do that all the time.
1: Yeah, we don't go out in the summer. We just, you know, drink during the day into the evening. And that's how it is. It's so great, too, especially like, you know, it'll be a nice Saturday. And it's like, okay, picnic at this place at this time. But then throughout the day, everyone will kind of shows up at different points. So there's always this new energy being brought. And (laughs) it's just open invite, like, bring anyone because, you know, you're not worried about space or whatever. So, oh, man, this is making me so sad. <laughs> I'm so excited right for
2: picnic season, though. No, but you know, every year in February, it randomly gets hot for like a week because every year that I've been here, I've picnicked on the sun in February at least once. So like it's going to oh, wow. happen.
0: The fake out summer week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Amazing. That means we're two. Okay. Circling back to a little unrelated at this point, but how we found <laughs> each other. Um, was the TikTok that you guys shared about the things that give you the ick when you are dating French men. And I thought it was hilarious. I immediately was like, please start a podcast. Um, For for those who haven't seen it yet, I will be linking this video in the show notes so you can go click and watch it. But if you're listening right now, let's talk about some of those icks and then we'll finish it positive with like things you do love about dating French men. Um, Yes, okay, okay.
1: So uh, <laughs> I mean, we can just go through some of the video notes. We had two parts, but some of the main ones. First, very obvious, the smoking. It's really not oh, yeah. a stereotype here because it's so true how much people smoke. Young yeah. people. It's, yeah. That's It will be winter and people are sitting outside. There's no more heaters. There used to be heaters on the terraces. They're banned now. And people still sit outside in their coats on a terrace because they want to smoke.
0: And Ugh. it's, yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, that's like—I don't know if that's an American thing, but I'm so grossed out by cigarettes.
2: Yeah, same. Like, yeah, I—I I think, I think the uh the Dare program really got through to us. <laughs> <laughs> Dare hit us hard in the nineties.
1: Like it really did, man. <laughs> oh my God. It's honestly, yeah, they start so young. You see, uh, it kids third in grade parts that definitely look like or yeah, second grade. They look so that young, my and heart. they're they're skipping the vape. I know vape culture's gotten really big in the U.S. with yeah preteens, which is also not but good. <laughs>
0: no, they're just straight cigarettes here. Oh man, that makes me so sad. I've lost a lot of family members actually to smoking-related cancers. So I just personally am just yeah. It's a it's more than an ick. It's just a big ick. It's a big ick. Yeah, and it's not
1: everyone, but a large percentage a of
0: them do. Yes. Yeah. Um, another
2: one that I would say that we didn't actually say this in the um, in the uh, TikTok, but Frenchmen get angry. Like they lose their tempers, and in French culture, getting mad is seen as like like you're allowed to get mad anger as, a, as an emotion is not shameful. It's, like, a good thing. And it's kind of, like, almost, I don't want to say a respect thing, but it's regarded as, like, you're, like, like, like look at him. He's, he's you know, he's laying out what he's feeling. He's getting mad. Um, but what that means is, like, Frenchmen will, like, raise their voices and, like, yell and, like, oh. their faces get all red. And, like, maybe it's because, like, as in, in the U.S., anger is not a good emotion. Like, you're supposed to, you know, like, if you lose your temper, it's like, oh, look at that guy. Like, he can't control himself. So, like, right. you have, like, men like, men throwing full-on fits and, like, getting, like, so flustered. Like, they, like, especially with this customer service thing, it's French culture to argue. Like, on one of my videos, I had French people commenting because I was complaining about this woman who was evil at the restaurant. And the French people were like, well, you're supposed to, like, tell her, you're supposed to, like, yell at her and tell her that she was wrong. And I was like, like, I'm not going to yell at her? Like, you crazy? Like, Like, (laughs) confrontation? I'm not going (laughs) to confront her.
0: Absolutely not.
2: (laughs) But so, like, in French culture, getting angry, like, but, like, to me, I'm just, like, you like these little these little man children are like getting mad like really mad and I've like never (laughs) seen someone get mad the way that a French man gets mad. Do you know what I mean? Like even my host um when I was an au pair like the host dad would like get like like I can like just like red in the cheeks mad. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like calm down. Like it's like not that serious. Um, (laughs) It's not that
0: deep. I have a lot of Italian family so I can kind of relate to Oh yeah I feel like it's similar vibe. Similar vibe. (laughs)
2: Yeah for sure Um, and the complaining, you know, and oh not the complaining, but the noises. Boof, boof, well, like that's all that's that's not words, you know? The oof.
0: Bah boof. Boof. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Those, like the friendships just have these mannerisms that are like not real. I don't know. They're kind of funny. Um okay. another one that I really,
1: really hate, they all have neck beards. Which mm-hmm. <laughs> It, it's such a common French look. When you picture the French man, and a man mentioned one, they have shaggy hair, shaggy they hair, have a neck beard, they're smoking, but the neck beard, and their shirts on buttons. Three, why that three buttons. Much,
2: <laughs> With the chest <laughs> neck hair, beards every bother
1: me so much. So, so I don't much. like beards don't at all. So yeah, not but, a beard girl. So yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like beards either. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of beards either, but even if, you know, like, why is it going all the way down your neck?
0: <laughs> why why is it going so far? <laughs> like, it doesn't okay. look good. <laughs> so, we're into a more uh, clean shaven look.
1: <laughs> yes, I very am much me. That's so. Me. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. So, and the opposite side of ick, I don't know what the word for that would be like making hard eyes at something. Like, what is the opposite of an ick?
1: Yeah, we actually we were going to do another video on this. We haven't recorded it yet. But um, are we
0: getting a sneak? Yeah. So like,
1: yeah, like things we love about French guys, because, you know, people were getting so angry about these eggs. And it's like, shut up. It's not that seriously. You know, whatever. (laughs) Right. It's not that deep. Um, It
0: doesn't mean we don't like people. Yeah. Yeah. There's, There's differences. You know what? We also made one about
1: American guys. So there's things (laughs) about everyone. We just hate everyone. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, it's not that. You know, these small things are, you know, not really that important, except the smoking. Um, But there's obviously plenty to love about French guys. And I would say the biggest one for me is that you can actually have a genuine conversation with Frenchmen. They They're really excited to talk about, I don't know, culture or art or just... Any kind of discussion topic that's not super surface level, they're ready to talk and they're ready to have a debate or get into any type of discussion with you. And it's something that I didn't really experience with anyone when I was living in the US. Yeah, totally.
0: That level of like intellectual and emotional engagement. That's really cool. Yeah, the French are very philosophical. Um, they They
2: like discussing topics just for the sake of discussing them. And they're happy to debate. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like in the US, we sometimes like we tiptoe around touchy subjects or like we're so worried about like, you know, being politically correct. Whereas French people will have a full-on debate about a topic. And at the end, you don't you don't have an agreement. You you neither of you have decided who was right, who was wrong. You were just discussing to discuss. And that's really cool. Wow. Yeah. And it's 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 a very
1: most of the time, like a very respectful way. You know, it's not like we're we're not fighting about this. We're debating and we're disagreeing, but we're hearing each other out. And yeah, that's definitely something really different.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I would say, um, like, the romance thing is 100% real. And, like, what I mean by that is the French, um, like, Frenchmen are you know, they're not shy to admit they're looking for something serious. Um, they, you know, having a girlfriend is, is a normal part of life. They love having a partner. They'll spend time with their partner. They'll prioritize you. I feel like in the U.S., a lot of American guys, they might have that like, you know, bros first mentality. French guys, Mm -hmm. French guys are like, no, I'm here to find, I'm here to find the woman of my life, you know? (laughs) And and so like, like their friends are, you know, cool, but like they prioritize the relationship. And I have found this with like every French person I've met, like, they'll be like, what are you looking for? I'm looking for the woman of my life life. That's, you know, that's what they say in, in French. Wow. Um, and so it's like, Wait, like I because you know, in the US, I I would have to be like, yeah, like you know, I'm just looking for something casual, bro. Even though I totally (laughs) wasn't, you know what I mean? Because I had to Mm -hmm. be cool. You don't have to be cool over here. Like they're like, Yes, I'm looking for the woman of my life. I'm looking for the feeling. And you're like, wow, cool, me too. Um, and they like they're very affectionate, very lovey, like they send emojis, but it's not like obviously there's examples where it is overkill, which is like love Mm -hmm. bombing, but I'm talking like regular, normal, everyday guys will be like lovey and, and show you that they're interested. And on the first date, they'll be like, so when can I see you again? And it's not like pushy. It's just like straightforward. You're like, wait, but there's no trap here. Like they want to date you. And then they just date you. Like it's, it's really, mm-hmm. um, it's refreshing, honestly, compared to, yeah. to um, you know, in the in the U S you can have a, bo- a fake boyfriend for a fucking year and he's not your yep. boyfriend. I mean, I, I dated <laughs> yeah, a man, you're just friends. I dated mm-hmm. a man for a year. I went home with him for Christmas and he was not my boyfriend. What do you uh, mean I'm, I'm not your, you're not my boyfriend? What the, like, that's, do you know what I mean? So, it's way just better here in that sense. Yeah, I and love that. Do you think on
1: that, there's definitely still French fuckboys. Oh, yeah. But they're also the guys that are going to be like that and be very open, you know? Whereas in the yeah. U.S., they're still going to, like, kind of tiptoe around it. Like, oh, I don't know, like, let's just see where things go. Or, like, oh, like, why do we have to make it so serious? Or why do we have to put a label on it? But if the French guy's actually interested in you, he's very very open if they're like
0: yeah that, yeah and not the fuck boys would you say that's the biggest difference between dating a french guy and, Amer- and an american guy
2: yeah i, I would say so because uh, i've talked about this in one of my other videos but they have gr- having a girlfriend is not like as serious of a thing
0: so if you mm. go on two dates with someone that is your boyfriend so if you're if you're doing that like you've had two dates with someone and in their mind you're a, you're an item now you're a couple but you want to explore outside that. Do you have to go through like a full breakup with someone you went on two or three dates with? Well, it's it's kind of
1: opposite as, you know, in the U.S. where you say you talk to someone for a very long time and then you have to define the relationship. Here, it's opposite. At that point, it's not like a full on breakup, but I was kind of going a different direction where... If you're, you know, in the US, you have the the defining the relationship point where you're usually, oh. you've been seeing this person for a while, whatever, whatever. Going off on Amanda was saying, like, how you, if you start to see someone and you kind of presume that you're together, it's more the opposite sense that in the US, like, you have to clearly define ahead of time that this is not serious. So let's just be friends with benefits. Like, this is super casual. And you're like, okay. Because if you are kind of going on dates and then start sleeping together, it's presumed you are in a couple. You're not seeing other people. You're not... yeah. It, There's it's no not talk. as intense of...
2: Yeah. Like, okay. it doesn't mean... Like, I feel like in the U.S., if so, saying someone is your boyfriend or girlfriend is, like, so serious. Like, that's my... Right, yeah. You know? But um, but they... You're not going to talk about it. If you have two... If I go on three dates with a guy, that is my boyfriend. That's but, the like, default. It, okay. Right. But it, it's like, it doesn't hold the same weight. Like, mm-hmm. I have a lot of boyfriends, but they're not my boyfriend, right? And <laughs> this is one of those things that's really confusing. But, like, you know, one time I went on... I went on one date with a guy. No, maybe we saw each other twice. I didn't really like him. And I don't think he liked me either. And so we (laughs) kind of just left it. Like, I was just like, all right. And then I'm not kidding. A week later, I get a message from him. And he's like, hey, Amanda, how are you? Listen, I've been thinking. Like, I don't think we should continue seeing each other. And I was like, wait. Is this man breaking up with me? Like, he thinks we're dating. And I was like, this was like when I first got here, so I didn't understand. Yeah. And I was like, wait, how are you breaking up with me? We're clearly not dating. Do you know <laughs> wait, what I mean? <laughs> we're breaking up. I didn't know we were together. <laughs> right. And then my host yeah. parents explained to me that, yes, we are dating. Um, uh. But that's why it's like, it's it's really complicated to under, to explain. Like, that can be my boyfriend, but he's not my boyfriend. I don't,
0: yeah. <laughs> like, it's really weird. No, it's making more sense the more you say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there bad. was another like, I time mean,
1: recently, too. I'd started seeing this guy. I saw him twice, actually. We went out two times, and I I just started a new job. I didn't text him back for less than 24 hours, and he sends me oh, this novel. this one. The door, the door one. Uh, he's like, he sends this novel like, well, I guess you've moved on, but I just <laughs> want to let you know it was really nice getting to know you, and like oh. blah, 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 blah. And uh, I just opened a message, and I messaged him back. I was like, I mean, I don't think there was anything to really move on from. I thought we were still just getting to know each other. And and then I was like, but clearly, you know, like, I I can't give you this attention now. And he's like, oh, no, it's fine, actually, though. Like, as long as you just tell me. And I'm like, Um, no, I was like, honestly, this was just kind of a lot for me. So I think it's best we just (laughs) don't
0: talk. This is a bit much for me right now. (laughs) sorry. (laughs) No, thanks. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you guys have shared some really amazing dating stories and examples (laughs) Do you have like the craziest dating story or like yes. the juiciest? Okay. Yes. Let's let's hear it. I've been ready for this all day. Okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> no,
2: because this is like out of a fucking movie. And I still like I wish someone I wish Morgan was there in the bushes recording it. <laughs> Okay, so it was the summer of two thousand nineteen. Set the scene. Yeah, yeah, we need to set the scene. Okay, so match with this guy on Bumble. He seemed kind of cute. Whatever. We decide to, you know, we meet to go on a date, and we decide to go to the steps of soccer car um, I knew it was going to be the story, and yeah, it was of course gonna it's going to be the story. Oh <laughs> my like, god! I hope he hears it and feels shame. <laughs> um so <laughs> no but he barely speaks english so he wouldn't understand it um okay Papo so we yeah, so we go <laughs> to um we go to the steps of car to like drink some wine and i think it was like a saturday evening or a sunday evening i can't remember but it was like like one of those like it's not going to be a nighttime date. it's like a like, we're gonna watch the sunset type of thing and so i said you know why don't we grab some wine and go there and he was like sounds good so i go and i meet him Immediately upon meeting him, um, he's like, he he doesn't look like as cute as I had suspected, but he's not, Mm. it's not bad, right? And I'm like, that's fine. Like, whatever. I'm still happy to be here. We sit down and he pulls out a bottle of red wine and it was August and it was like, it was hot. It was hot, hot. (laughs) And it's like, I love red wine, right? Like, it's not a big deal. But I said to him, I was like, oh, you brought what? Red wine. And he's like, oh like wh- well what's wrong with red wine you don't like red wine and I'm like oh no like it, I was like I love red wine Um, just like it's so warm I feel like it's, it's like degrees. <laughs> he- it's like heavy you know and he's like he literally he goes oh well I mean I guess I'm a piece of shit I chose the wrong wine and I'm like no 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 we're good we're good we'll drink We'll drink the wine you know Whoa. and like that's like strike one I'm like I do not like those like like I'm sorry incel like self-deprecating comments like yeah ugh, no so he's, you know, he's looking at me and he's, he's like, you're just, you're so beautiful. Like, you're just, you're, you're so much more beautiful than your photos. And I'm like, oh, like, thank you. You know, like, whatever, um, you know, and we're talking. And as I'm trying to tell a story, he keeps interrupting me saying, I'm sorry, I just can't get over how beautiful you are. And I'm like, oh, like, thank you. You're so sweet. But after like the 19th time, it's like, <laughs> I like, it's like uncomfortable at this point. And like, right. I don't know what else to say. And it's like getting weird, right? Then I'm talking. He does it again and again. I just say thank you because I'm just at this point. I'm like I'm trying to tell my story. Like you're interrupting my story. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't care how beautiful I am. Like let me talk. <laughs> let and I at speak. this point, this mother. Oh, he. I think he <laughs> didn't. I know. I'm trying. I need to work on my swearing. Um, it's I, okay. You're safe here. <laughs> I think he thought that I didn't speak French because after he complimented me for the 900th time and I was like, yes, yes, thank you. He goes, oui, et je m'attendais pour tu me dire la même chose, which means, yeah, oh, and I'm waiting yeah. for you to tell me the same thing. But he kind <laughs> of like mumbled it. And I like, I was like, what was that? And he was like, oh, nothing. And I was like, Okay, cool. And, like, I I understood him, right? So, at this point, I'm like, you're complimenting me because you want me to, like, tell you you're hot back? Like, first of all, you're not. So compliment I'm like, fishing <laughs> right and it's so weird like and like it's one of it's one it's like the epitome of a nice guy because don't tell me if you if you tell me that I'm pretty it's because you feel that when you're looking at me you want to tell me that and you're telling me that with no like strings attached you don't want anything returned right. you're just you're because compliments are free and they're unlimited so you're doing it because it feels good but this man wasn't doing that you know like he was trying to like get me to do it back which is feels gross. And now now I'm definitely not going to do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that red wine became a red flag. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So then, you know, he's asking me, oh, this is something very important to mention about the French culture. The apps and the concept of being on the apps and like being on there, like looking for love on the apps is very newly accepted here because when they first came out, the mindset that the French have was kind of like, if you're on there, it's because like you need to be on there. Like that's the only Uh. way you can meet someone. So even when they were you know the apps existed. Like I was here in 2017, and even around that time, people were on it, but they wouldn't really talk about it. And like Got I it. would meet people in real life, and they would say to me, "Well, why are you on the apps? Like you don't need to be." And I was like, "Wait, do you think people are on there because they need to be? Like I'm Cause on there because I'm fucking, <laughs> dude. I'm busy, and unless my the man of my dreams lives in my fucking neighborhood, like how he's not gonna <laughs> How am not like gonna to meet them? him, right? Like I'm like this mm-hmm. is not about I'm like a need thing. It's about like a proximity and the time. Like there's not enough hours in the day. I can't go to every bar in Paris." Like, but that's the mindset, right? Right. So he was like, So have you been on the apps for a while? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, Oh, have you been on a lot of dates? And I was like, Yeah. And he was like flabbergasted. He was like, <laughs> he was like, really? Like, why have you been on so many dates? Like, what will, like, what's wrong? Like, you just, you know, you can't find a guy that that you that's good enough for you. And I was like, No, it's not that. I've met a lot of really great men, but just like it just doesn't feel right. Do you know what I mean? And he just he gets quiet for a minute, right? And then he goes, this this guy had like murderer vibes, I swear to God, okay? Oh my so he's God. like, he's like getting quiet for a moment, sipping his shitty red wine. And then he goes, <laughs> You know, Amanda, life is not a fairy tale. Not everybody is as perfect as you, okay? And so I think it's really important that you give people chances because not everyone is gonna be like you, you know, like, but there's still good people out there. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, <laughs> sir, what? Like, first of all, I don't think I'm better than anybody. And if I'm not fine, if I'm not like dating someone, it's just because it doesn't feel right and I don't want to force something. Um, and like, like what, like, are you like sticking up for like the men I've dumped in the past? Like, you don't know them. It's weird. It's very weird. Yeah. And so like, there's tension between us at this point. And meanwhile, while we're sitting on the stairs, I mentioned, um, that I lived around the area and he's like, oh, where do you live? And I'm like, oh, it's like just down there, like at the bottom of the hill. And he's like, oh, where? Like point to it. And I was like, you know, it's just over there. And he goes, oh, well, like which street? Like, and I'm like, I'm like, no. I'm not going to tell <laughs> you where I live, right? So this, the evening's getting tense. He keeps telling me that I'm beautiful and it's weird. He wants me to compliment him back. He's yelling at me, te- <laughs> telling me life isn't a fairy tale and that not everyone is as good as me. And now I'm like uncomfortable. Cause I'm like, I feel right. like you're, you're so into me, but you're mad about it. Do and you like super insecure. Mean? Right. And he's, it's like, you're so hot, but I'm pissed. And I'm like, wh- yeah. I don't, I'm like, it's weird vibes. So we're walking up to the top of the stairs and I'm like trying to get the fuck out of here. Right. We got, okay. This is the part I can't like, I can't, we get to the top of the fucking stairs and this man I'm like in my head I'm like this was obviously a bad day you know and so he's like listen like I think he turns to me and he's like listen I think that we should see each other again um, like you know and I said to him I'm like listen uh, no like I don't think we should and he's like well why not and I'm like I'm so sorry like it was great to meet you but like that was not a good time I feel like I feel like we were arguing on the date like I feel like there's a lot of tension between us and it's our first date like I we're not gonna you know we're not gonna make it work after the first date like I'm sorry but I I really don't think we should, we should see each other again yeah honest he, and polite he looks at me Dominique this man <laughs> looks at me <laughs> His, he grabs me, he puts his hands on my arms, like grabs me, and he's kind of, he's got this crazy look in his eyes, and he goes, J'ai fait mes études, il faut que tu me donnes une deuxième chance. J'ai un CDI. J'ai un oh So, what that means is, I went to school, I have a CDI, which is a permanent work contract. You have to give me a second chance. He's yelling at me. I went to school and I have a permanent work contract. You have to give me a second chance. Holding my arms. And I'm looking, I'm like, bro, this is next level insanity. And when he put his hands on me, people around started looking, thank Christ. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. he kind of like removed his hand because I think he was like, I don't want to get in trouble. And I took that chance to book it down the stairs faster than I've ever run in my entire life. And I like took a weird way home. And I was like, I think I was like crying because I was a little stressed out. Yeah. But like this man, can you like the odd, I have a full-time job. You have to give me a second chance.
0: Like what? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. This guy is crazy. Yeah, like literally. I don't even understand the logic, like...
2: (laughs) Neither do I. I think I just lost my voice telling that story.
0: I'm so, <laughs> it was worth it. Pa-
2: really passionate <laughs> and <mic> story.
0: Drop. <laughs> we're sub- we're submitting the script to Netflix.
2: No, but imagine like imagine going up to a man and being like, "I'm sorry, I have my degree, um, and I have a job. You need to give me a chance." And I was like, "Sir, is if that's what you think the basis that people are looking for is, you're going to have a yeah. very disappointing life." But he clearly does. Like, I think he literally. I mean, he obviously. Use relationships with women as like very transactional in that sense because I've re- very clearly said I've met very interesting nice people but I'm looking for the feeling you know yeah you're looking for love yeah so that was that was a that was a, a very uh, that was the shocking one the, the craziest one I've had here I think <laughs> I'm so sorry dude <laughs> <laughs> I know I mean and then he put his hand on me too and I'm like like what that's scary sir? like yeah. th- th- I'm like what are you gonna like hold me down and make me date you like it's no.
0: Yeah, the second you said he put his hands on you, I was like, oh, it's not going. Yeah, (laughs) it's not going to end well. Yeah, scary vibes. Well, I'm sorry you went through that, but thank you for your service of sharing that story with everyone. (laughs) Honestly,
2: no, it was worth the story, so. Yeah, it is for the story.
0: (laughs) I love that approach to life. Oh, God. Morgan, do you have any uh, crazy stories you want to share? Honestly, no. And even if I (laughs) did, I don't think I would be
1: able to follow that one up. I feel very lucky that I really have never had any kind of nightmare date there's been you know some some weird conversation or maybe you know one's into it one's not kind of awkwardness but nothing nothing like that at all knock on wood honestly I'm dating right now so
0: so for the listener um it's not all like that no 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 oh my gosh Um, So back to the culture in general, just we're just doing a 180 pivot to something else because that shook me a little bit. I'm kind of kidding, but um, there's something we talked about um, off air together. Was how much you guys love the healthcare system, like like from like this crazy dating story. Let's talk about healthcare. <laughs>
1: yeah, oh, there's literally like people have made jokes about you know like the apple paste sound where it's like the ding ding. You know, taking your <laughs> yes. your French health insurance card and just going to all the doctors' oh, my appointments God. with it.
0: Yeah. So you guys don't pay for your doctor's appointments, right? Um, no, you do, but it's reimbursed. Okay. Okay, but do you pay and out of your paycheck for that? Um, so no, no, no. no. The social security.
2: I mean, your your taxes pay into it, but it's um, okay. But it's not like um, like every every individual person like pays into social security with your taxes, but it's the same okay. for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- that's that. And then, like for example, right now I'm I'm unemployed. My I don't have a paycheck and I'm still in Social Security. Like, I still have it, if that makes sense. So you still have health care, whether or not you're employed. Oh, yeah. As long as you live in France, everyone gets it.
1: Yeah. So so even as foreigners, you know, we were here with a visa. We were long-term residents with a visa. We're still entitled to that health care that every French citizen, you know, the president to the homeless people are entitled to. Um, Yeah. But then when you work for a company... They do it's called a mutual. And so that's where they're paying in to, you know, maybe whatever something that the social security won't cover. I think social security usually covers at least, Amanda, I correct me if I'm wrong, like seventy percent or more at minimum of your health insurance. Or like any yeah. any healthcare costs. And then if there's something that the basic um, you know, government health care won't cover, if you have a mutual, it usually covers the rest that's reimbursed for you.
0: Wow. That's yeah. wild. Does it cover anything beyond healthcare? Like, is social oh, security yeah. there just healthcare, or well, I mean, more. it's it's dental. <laughs> but wait, there's more.
2: Dental, <laughs> but vision. But there, no, there's a whole list. Hold on, I'm gonna pull it up. I have it right here. My okay, little cool. Alan. My yeah, allen and even stuff. beyond
1: that. Okay, so I I did when I had to go to the ER before I was registered in the social security system, which meant when I went to the ER, I had to pay 100 out of pocket. I went to the ER oh, for wow. a visit. I had an X-ray, and my bill that I paid 100% out of pocket was 62 euros. Which is probably equal to what, like $65 right now?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Wild. Whereas in the US, when I was on my parents' insurance, which I don't think was the top, but it was a decent insurance plan. Just from the time I would check my name in at the front desk, not any kind of treatment they would give me, any kind of medication. Instantly, I had out of my pocket, I would get a bill for a $400 copay.
0: Yeah. It's between like a hundred and five hundred dollars just to be there. Uh-huh. And also another one that I think
1: of, um, I had the next one on birth control put in when I was in the US mm-hmm. and still had my parents' insurance. And that was covered with our insurance plan. So I didn't pay anything. But I was curious. You know, if it's still under I don't really know all the medical terms, but where it's like um under trademark or whatever, it's only this brand. There's no generic right, at this no point generic, or whatever. Yeah. Um so I looked up how much it would cost in the U.S. versus France paying out of pocket for the literal exact same thing. And it mm-hmm. said, I looked this up a few years ago, in the U.S., you would expect to pay around $1,600 for the product, and that's not counting the no. doctor's visit that you would then go in for. Whereas in France, the cost was 106 euros for everything. And that's where I'm just like, how? how is there this big discrepancy? It makes yeah. absolutely no
0: sense. It's so arbitrary here. <laughs> like, it doesn't um, make sense. An American
2: could fly to Paris, so book a flight to Paris, and come to the emergency room or the hospital here, and give birth or have some sort of procedure done, and fly back home, like, with nothing, with no insurance, with no Social Security, and it would probably be cheaper than doing it
0: at home. Holy shit, dude. So, we're all moving to France. Um, so, when you are employed, you pay the Social Security tax, do you remember how like what percentage it is? Um, I can pull up one of my pay stubs here. Not that I know how to okay, read cool. those. That's <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. I'm just curious, like logistically, especially if anyone listening to this, like besides me, is like, I want to move to Europe. I want to move to France. Like this is just really cool information to know.
1: Yeah. And this is something Amanda's talked about healthcare a lot on her TikTok, more so than me. And yeah. there's always some angry. Patriot American, you know, that comes in and they're like, "It's not free." (laughs) No one says that. No one said
2: it was free. (laughs) I I can. I'm saying it's not. Pay it out of my pocket the day of. Hello, right. Which plus, Um, you know,
1: back to that fact that I would pay four hundred dollars to visit the ER. That was with money being paid towards insurance every single month. That was probably more than what we pay for the social security.
2: Right. Yep. Totally. All right. So I don't. They don't make it easy for you to read your pay stub. It's very confusing. Uh, but what I'm seeing confusing. is um, yeah, yeah, yeah. security, security social. So there's one charge. So this is like a monthly, because in France you're paid monthly. I have one like under the, the area where it's saying um, like what was Did taken. Deduction. Security yeah. social, there's one for 13 euros and then 89 cents and then one euro 45 cents. Wow. Um, and then. I feel like it's gotta be more, no? I mean, but no, but i I mean, well, that's 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 literally what it says. Um, and then security sociale plafonné, eight euros fifty-five cents. Security sociale despla planifié, 1 euro 90. We're looking at a total of like 25 bucks here, is what I'm seeing here. And wow. then I pay into chômage, um, which is um unemployment so four euros and 20 cents per month i'm thinking i'm not sure there's so basically there's columns on my um on my stub here but they don't tell me what the columns are it's kind of strange Um, it's a guessing um, (laughs) (laughs) game.
1: yeah i just i just googled something um don't you know what some fact check me on this but based on what i'm looking at on google it kind of breaks down everything that's covered in social security um so so it's going towards just for example um Unemployment, that's a chomage, around 4% of your gross salary. Um, your pension, around 2%. Um, health, maternity, death insurance. Uh, I don't know about that. Okay, health and maternity, like 13% out of what's being taken out. That's kind of the breakdown that this website's saying.
2: Yeah, astronauts, malady, 13% or seven. So set okay. between seven yeah, and yeah, 13%. Like the
1: maternity, yeah.
2: Right. And I'm sure that's, that that's... a lot less than I thought. <laughs> no, and so people always go off about our taxes and people think our taxes are like 70%. They're really mm-hmm. not. They're really not that different compared to the US. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally.
0: Maybe it, I'm not good with like American taxes either, but it kind of sounds like it's the same or less.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, ours is definitely higher. Like it's, it's 41% on, I mean, it depends on what you're paid, what your salary is, uh, but 41% okay. is what you can assume. But the other thing to keep in mind is um, even though the US, I think it's a bit lower, the average American spends 10K out of pocket a year on health insurance. And, and if you health, take yeah. 10K out of um, like 10K compared to the average salary, it ends up actually being the same, if not more. Like Americans yeah, are like, spending
0: more. Yeah, like if you're making forty thousand dollars a year, that's twenty five percent, right? Exactly. Healthcare, right? Okay. Interesting. This is something we want to look into more. Okay. So last thing, do you girls have advice for anyone listening to this who is like, okay, the picnic culture, the romantic dating, the beauty of the houseman buildings, the healthcare? Like, I'm in. I want to go. What advice would you give that person, or even to you five years ago?
1: I say. Just do it because I think back to me at that point and I could think of a million reasons to not move here once I kind of started toying with the idea. You know, I was saying, oh, I have student loans to pay for. I should focus on my career, blah, 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 blah. There's literally a million reasons for you to stay, but you just need to take the plunge and go for it. And you never really know what's waiting for you until you have the chance to discover it. And what finally kind of reassured me was knowing the fact that home would always be there and my life and the people that was the constant. And I knew if I got here and had a bad experience, I could very easily go back home. Getting here was the hard part. I did it. I got here. Like I mentioned earlier, it was only supposed to be for one year. Five years later, I'm still here. So, (laughs) you know, that was a good thing to do it. So are you a
0: lifer now? Are you Parisian for life? i I can't say for life,
1: but for the foreseeable future, yes. so Love it's it. really just about you know what? Just pull the trigger and go for it. Don't look back. wise words,
0: girlfriend, thank you,
2: yeah. um, so I would say two things. First, um read The Alchemist. if you haven't, go by the Alchemist and read it immediately because um it's <laughs> a really it's a quick read. It's a short read, but it the entire concept of the book is about, Um, When there's something that you know you really want to do, like a dream of yours, um, and the way that you can kind of like, you know, you can use logic to kind of talk yourself out of it, but that dream is still there, and it still sneaks up on you, um, and that, you know, you find ways to be like, oh, I have a good job here, or, you know, it's safer to stay here, but eventually... Um, you know, it doesn't go away until one day it does. And then you spend the rest of your life regretting it. And so when you finish Mm -hmm. that book, I mean, that's what I did. I read the book and I was like, oh, I'm going to Paris because I knew I wanted to go. But that book, like at the end of the book, I was like, no questions asked. I must go now. Um, It's a very powerful book. I've only read it a few times because every time I read it, I do crazy things after. (laughs) So that's the first one. The second one I would say is, um, the reason that I was able to do it so quickly is because I had started the research a year and a half prior. I started my Google tabs, you know, very, very organized with that Virgo energy. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. you know, wait, like what are my work <laughs> options? Where could I live? Like all the things I needed. And I started just like getting like playing around with it, getting getting the info ready. Um, so that way, when it came time, when I had that moment where I was like, I'm ready, everything was done for me because I had researched it and I started small as well so the first thing that I did is I booked my plane um no I didn't book my plane ticket I made my appointment with the embassy and it's like as I was going I was like you can still back out it's just you know you made your appointment with the embassy it's okay you can still back out and then I was messaging families to become an au pair and the back of my head I was like but you can still back out you know but like it was like I was warming up to the idea because I think Mm -hmm. if you go like balls to the wall it can be a bit of a shock (laughs) and you can be like no 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 I can't do this can't do this. But if you like, if I kind of like slowly did it and then it slowly became more real. And then I was like, all right, I guess we will start selling some furniture and then, you know, book that plane ticket. And even at the airport, I was like, this is okay. Like, this is fine. I can, I can go back, but like, then it was <laughs> real, fine. right? So I, like, I feel yeah. like for me, I needed to like warm up to the idea because I think if you, even if you have an impulsive, like desire at the moment, if the rest of your mind and body hasn't caught up, you know, that like that, that logical part of your brain can try to like talk you out of it. I don't even know if it's logical. Cause I think the logical thing is the opposite you can go it's that like fear that panic yeah and you're almost Mm -hmm. like battling yourself when you're making a huge change like this you're battling your your ego your insecurities and it's like I know them they're so convincing you know so like I have to like warm up to this um so yeah I would say read the alchemist and just like Morgan said just just do it because what I can tell you is this out of every single person that I've met in Paris who moved here not a single one of them was like I made a mistake I wish I didn't come here Every, like every single person, you don't hear stories of people moving to Europe and being like, worst mistake of my life. That literally, like it doesn't (laughs) happen. Every single person says, changed my life. Wish I did it sooner. I have new perspectives. I'm a better person. Like no one comes home with their, their tail between their legs. Like that should tell you something.
0: You're our therapist now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know that this was something that would really help me. I started telling people that I was moving to France and that was yeah. also kind of Ooh. partially convincing myself because I'm like if I <laughs> yeah. if I say it out loud then I'd be too embarrassed to be like oh wait go no, back I'm just on kidding it. so then I was like <laughs> oh shit I've already told everyone I'm moving to France I guess I really have to do it <laughs>
0: I gotta do it
2: <laughs> oh yeah telling my you know quitting my job that was a big one because it was like there's no <laughs> there's no going back from that
0: yeah true <laughs> like just kidding I didn't actually quit sorry uh can I have my job back <laughs> No, but you know, what? I think there's
2: like there's something kind of like cathartic in like metaphorically burning bridges if they're your safety bridges. Yeah, you know, totally. Like I'm like I'm happy I quit my job because then I was like, you can't you can't
0: stay here now. Yeah, you had to jump. Yeah, love that. Also, I'm fully gonna reread The Alchemist. I haven't read that since high school. So oh thank god, you for that recommendation. Oh my god, please do.
2: I might go read it yeah. right now,
0: too. I love that book. I'm going to be your neighbor before you know it. <laughs>
2: well, I'm read that book. <laughs> I feel like like in some weird ways, we're kind of like convincing you to come over here.
0: A yeah, little bit of this episode friends. was like me therapy. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I'm looking for friends. Do you want to be on my podcast? Come you know, join also the college literally, campus.
1: Amanda and I met from the internet. That's how we oh, met yeah. each other. I love
0: that. Yeah. That's actually so cool. How long ago did you guys meet? Uh, four years. Is it calling
1: on four years? Oh. Uh, I think this year will be four years yeah this summer
0: wow that is amazing like right after you got there Morgan um
1: it was the w- end of le- a little less than one year after yeah so I moved here in August okay. 2018 I think we met what like June-ish, June ish yeah, June July yeah. 2019 yeah, yeah okay. but before I moved here actually she had started a blog and that's how I initially found her so I found her blog just from Google searching I initially came as an O pair as well and oh cool stumbled on her blog Followed her on Instagram, sent a message before I came like, hey, just find your blog. Oh my God, we should be friends. And she's like, oh my God, yeah, let me know when you get here. And then never followed up until <laughs> we we ended up having some mutual friends, you know, a year later. And it was super random. I think Amanda posted a TikTok about how we met our story. If anyone's oh, that's interested right. In the you should go thing. watch that. Oh yeah, I'll link
0: that in the show notes too. Yeah, so So that was that was a beautiful love story. (laughs) Our
1: first actual friend date, and you know the rest is history.
0: (laughs) Yep, that's what they say. That makes me so happy, and I'm just so grateful you girls took time out to share your story with everyone listening about French culture, your experience living there, dating, like just being a young woman and living your best life. Um, Amanda Morgan. Merci um, mille fois, je suis tellement reconnaissante. Thank you. Just thank you so much for joining us on This is Fine.
2: Thank you so yeah. much for having us. This is amazing. And also, your French accent is fucking fire. So yeah. Oh, my God, thank you. Yeah, it's <laughs> really good.
0: Okay, the The secret is my French tutor is from Paris. So oh, okay. okay, there it is with so the native was, speakers, yeah. Yeah, when you guys were like the blind leading the blind, I was like, okay, I took classes in high school and my teacher was from France. Okay, good, When good. I, yeah, I took, gosh, what was it? I did, like, a community college course, like, a couple years ago to, like, restart, you know, way after high school, and she was from France and then went to the French American school here to find, um, like, adult classes and ended up finding a tutor from Paris, so I think everything I'm hearing is actually in, like, a regionally parisian accent yeah so i'm like mimicking that a little bit but mm-hmm. thank you so much my tutor will be thrilled to hear this no no you absolutely <laughs> yeah.
2: do and you can like i can tell like um like i i, I can tell like where acts ax- like the regions kind of like you can tell when someone's from like yeah. having a south accent or a north accent and like yours is it's very parisian oh my god thank you this is the best compliment
1: yeah. ever <laughs>
0: okay yeah now you, guys, you need to
1: come um, visit us and Get some practice. You're our new internet yeah. friend. so.
0: I love internet friends. Okay, we're doing an episode um, in like a few from this one where we're going to talk about the positives of social media. And I'm going to link back to this episode because making friends on the internet is really special. Oh, and
2: all of I'm my just friends. so glad we connected. I'm pretty yeah. sure every single one of my friends, no, literally, I'm looking around my friend group in my head. They're all from, <laughs> they're all from TikTok or Instagram, I swear to God.
0: That's amazing. I You're know, the, it's it's like all being bad, a kid. Guys. Yeah,
1: when your parents are like, don't talk to strangers on the internet. Um, internet's literally where I find (laughs) friends, boyfriends, jobs, (laughs) everything is everything now.
0: That's what happens when you don't live with fear, but you live with, (laughs) I'm going to sound so cheesy, you live with love and optimism. Yeah, exactly. So thank you for imbuing all of our listeners with your optimism, your romance from Paris. I am just so grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Thank you for having having us. Okay, before we sign off, we're finishing up today's podcast with the segment I introduced in our last episode. It still doesn't have a name. If you have any suggestions, let me know. But this is all stuff that I'm into right now and want to share with you. First on deck, the Wild Fox Skincare Boutique in Encinitas. This one is obviously for our local listeners. I'm so sorry to everyone outside the area, but oh my god. I just got the most heavenly facial from Liv, the founder and owner, who is actually a This Is Fine listener herself. She actually invited me to her sweet skin spa after hearing the podcast. So first of all, that made my year. And second of all, she's one of you. Listeners, they're just like us. So I went in for the treatment. It was a holistic facial, so there were a lot of unique elements involved. She gave me a couple mask treatments, including a collagen mask. Then there was some cupping and dry brushing. I believe that was for some lymphatic movement and drainage. Then the reflexology, which was my favorite. I felt like a baby being rocked to sleep. I don't know how else to describe it. It was bliss. She also made this gorgeous facial oil that I'm now using at home, and I'm so obsessed. So... As a gift to our little community here, she is extending her beautiful practice to all of you. If you're here, local, and you tell her that you're a this is fine listener, she's going to give you 25% off a facial treatment. If you don't live locally, you can still get some great skincare from her. Use the code this is fine on her site. It's thewildfox.co, not com. It's co-w-i-l-d-f-o-x dot co-. W-I-L-D-F-O-X.co. You'll get a discount on her beautiful facial oils, Gua Sha tools, and more. So a huge, huge, huge thank you and shout out to our beautiful This Is Fine listener Liv for not only being a part of this community, but making sure our skin looks incredible. If you end up getting a facial with her, make sure you get the reflexology. My soul left my body for a minute. It was so relaxing. So go treat yourself for Valentine's Day. Lastly, if you haven't picked up on this already, 2023 is my year of exploring hobbies. I am painting for fun. I started tooling around on the piano again. I'm still taking my French lessons, obviously. I started Italian. I started ballet, which has been super lovely and joyful for my inner child. Y'all know I've been studying astrology with Shannon for a while now. That's still ongoing. And I'm trying so hard to make it to perfume school in France this summer. We'll see how that goes. This is all to say I am really enjoying adding in more play and personal enrichment into my life. I don't know if you're in the same boat, but... I think we tend to lose a lot of this as we get older. The focus on responsibility, work, obligations, family, it all takes away from the way we explore the world, express ourselves, tend to our inner child, et cetera. So please consider this your PSA to explore some hobbies, old and new. Have some fun this year. All right, to wrap it up, I hope you have a gorgeous, romantic, magical Valentine's week. This is another friendly reminder to treat yourself like your own Valentine and do something really special for yourself too. I hope you enjoyed this episode with our sweet and charming American friends in Paris. Again, you can follow them on TikTok at American Fee, F-I-L-L-E, and Bisous, B-I-S-O-U-S, Morgan. Both of their accounts are linked in the show notes. I have to go now because I am researching journalist visas and practicing for my French exam. I love you all. A bien so. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of This is Fine. I've been your host, Dominique Michelle Astorino. We're based in San Diego, recording in studio at DLI Productions in Pacific Beach with Emmy award-winning sound designer Dan De La Isla. This is a comedy and advice podcast, but for legal reasons, this entire podcast is a joke and none of it is medical advice. To download the transcript or learn more, visit thisisfinepodcast.com.